Welcome to Faith Church Online. Thank you so much for checking us out. Our prayer is that you are blessed by this message. How are we doing in church? Are we okay? Is everyone enjoying the weather this weekend? Good, because I haven't been because I've been stuck at work all weekend. So, yeah. It's been a bit too hot. That's good. That's good. I don't like it too hot anyway. So, um, me and Jill haven't been in for the last two weeks. Thanks, Mike. Because uh, we've been on holiday in Norway and... Not like getting too like, oh, we're annoyed, hey, ha, like that about it. But we were cruising up the fjords, as you do. <laughs> and um, it's all right, we didn't pay for it either, so it's fine. Right, okay. Um, so, um, yeah, so we were cruising up, and I remember, well, so we did an excursion every day we were there. Um, we were there. And we got, got off in this place called Stavahanger, and we took a, a, a riverboat up the fjords. So, and the, the scenery was just amazing. It's absolutely stunning, like nothing I've ever seen before. And um, just as we were like cruising up, I just had this thought that, you know, sometimes it's good when life gets hard to get away from life and get out, out into the, not the wilderness, but, you know, get out into creation and just admire what God has done. And you can, might be able to find some peace out there. So I just want to encourage you today that, you know, we live in South Wales, um, it's a beautiful part of the world. As Mike said, I am English, so I'm not going to go about this too much because, you know, patriotism and all that. But, yeah, there's so much around here, but you can just go. When life is getting you down, just go to the Galway or go to the Brecon Beacons or if you really fancy a drive, go up to Snowdonia and, um, and just try and switch off a bit, try and unwind a bit. There's the opportunity to do that. And actually, as we were getting off the boat, a man said to Jill, who was just like, can you believe that the state of the world when there's all this scenery around you? And we're just, I was just like, that's so true. It's so true. Incidentally, I learned one Norwegian word when I was uh, in Norway. Um, childish humor kicking in a bit here. Um, the word for fast in Norway, in Norwegian, is fart. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> I'm not even joking. Our boat, our boat was called the Fjord Fart. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's interesting. But um, it gives a whole new meaning to a night of prayer and fasting. So if you ever get invited to one of those in Norway, don't go after having a curry. Right? So anyway, I want to talk about creation today. As I was inspired, as I said, in Norway. It wasn't my original plan. Um, I originally was going to talk about something completely different. But then when I was there, I was just like... Okay, I'm going to talk about creation. It gave me a week to write it, so I apologize in advance. So, but what I'm not going to talk about is um, like there's a lot of debate in the Christian world about things like the age of the earth. Is it 10,000 years old? Is it 4.5 billion years old? Um, I'm not going to talk about that today. I'm not going to talk about whether or not the Genesis creation account should be taken literally or whether it's a Babylonian poem or anything like that. That's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is just the universe and the world that God has created. And hopefully, everyone here will leave here today a little bit inspired and a little bit, and understand just a bit more just how special each and every one of us are, as opposed to what society might, might say about you. So I'm going to start with um, a verse in Colossians that says this. 
For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. And everything was created through him and for him. This is, to me, this is one of those like goosebump verses that you hear it and you're like, wow, this is amazing. It's like particularly that last bit. Everything was created through him and for him. So, so Mike was saying that I came to faith quite later in my life. I was 29, to be exact. Uh, that's only a couple of years ago now. So it's fine. Um, huh? I know, I don't even look 29. I mean, how could I even be 29? No. Yeah. I feel like I'm 70. But yeah. <laughs> um, and here's the thing. Some of you will know some of my backstory. Some of you won't. Um, until I became a Christian, I was quite a hardened atheist. Um, and then I had a revelation of who God was and his love, and that's what made me become a Christian. It was an amazing moment. But I, I originally went to uni to study paleobiology and evolution. So that's about as far away from theology as you can get in the realms of uh, academics, uh, science, uh, study, blah, 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 academic things to study. So I had a very scientific worldview I believe, as the vast majority of people do nowadays, that we are the result of some cosmic accident. You know, there's no meaning to life. There's no purpose to life. It's all just a big fluke. And that life evolved on this planet from uh, some amino acids in a, in a pool somewhere. And that gave birth to everything that we see around us. But I can tell you, when people want to talk about the meaning of life, so can we just have the verse back up? Cheers. Um, this last bit here, everything was created through him and for him. That is the meaning of life. Okay? When we have these conversations with people, when people write books and go on all kinds of searches to find out what the meaning of life is, this is it. We were, the meaning of life is this. We were created by God for the glory of God. That's it. That is the meaning of life. And that's much more exciting and interesting than thinking you're just a cosmic accident that has no meaning or purpose to their life. Um, the next verse, which I actually forgot to send to Lewis as well, says, um, uh, we're created by Jesus, for Jesus, and through Jesus, he holds everything together. So not only does he create everything, he sustains everything. So when we talk about things like creation, this is why I get so excited about it, because I used to think that I was just a cosmic accident, and now I know that I have a purpose, I have a meaning, and it's all to do with God. So we're going to have a little look at creation, if that's okay this morning. So the Bible starts, the very first line in the Bible is this. In the beginning, I'm sure you're all aware of this, God created the heavens and the earth. So we're going to start there. David puts it like this in Psalm. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Have you ever gone out one night in a clear sky, clear night sky and just looked off at the stars and been like, wow, there's too many to count. It's amazing. Uh, we've just got a slideshow of a, uh, a few pictures of the heavens and the earth. Well, the heavens. Um, taken by the Hubble Space Telescope. 
Science is amazing. It can give us all kinds of insights. So it's just like space isn't just this fast emptiness, by the way. There's this, there's so much out there. So um, I just want to do a little bit of some comparison for you. There's a slide coming up that compares. Right. Unfortunately, we couldn't pixelate it properly, so it kind of chops the bottom off. So. So the top one, left-hand side, that's Earth, obviously, where we live. I'm, sure, I'm guessing you're aware of that. Um, <laughs> along with Mercury, Mars, and Venus. So the smaller planets in our own solar system. You go to the second one, and you can see the little dot, if you can see it on the left-hand side. That's Earth compared to the larger planets in the solar system. Neptune, Uranus, again, no childish humor, please. Um, Saturn and Jupiter. We then come down to this one. Now, I'm not sure if you can see it, but this little dot on the left-hand side, I really need one of those pointy things. Don't I? Um, that's not the Earth, that's Jupiter. Right? So you already can't see the Earth. And there's a, uh, a sun called Wolf 359. Any Trekkies in the house? Yes, Alicia. That's where um, Starfleet fought the Borg, if you're interested, which most of you probably aren't. Um, And then we get to the sun. So that's Jupiter compared to our sun in our solar system. See, the sun is huge. It's not this little thing up in the sky, you know. What's the nursery? I can't remember how it goes. Never mind. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so the sun, when I read this, I was just like, this can't be true. Right? This cannot be true. The sun makes, makes up 99.86% of the mass in our solar system. So that means the other eight remaining planets, because Pluto is no longer a planet, plus all the moons and asteroids and all the rest of it, just make up 0.14% of the mass in our solar system. That is how huge the sun is. It's amazing. So I've got a football here. As you may have noticed, you were probably wondering, he's probably going to rant about Norwich or something, or make some joke about Fulham. And, uh, <laughs> and, so, 1.3 million Earths can fit just in our sun. 1.3 million. So, if the Earth was the size of this football, that's enough footballs to fill Wembley Stadium. That's the size comparison between the two. That's pretty insane. But, as you can see, the sun... It's called a minor star in our solar system because it's so small, believe it or not. So then there's this one, Sirius. Um, it's where Sirius Black's named from for any Potter fans out there. Um, and you can see, Sirius is now here. So our sun would barely be uh, noticeable compared to this one, Pollux, Arcturus, and Alder, somewhere. Um, and then, unfortunately, we couldn't pixelate it, but our sun is now like a tiny little drop down here. And these stars just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger as you get through uh, the universe. This one, beetle geese, beetle juice, as it's translated to. I'll give you some facts about that one. If beetle, beetle geese was our sun, right, it would be so large, it would engulf Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, and Jupiter. So the closest planet to it would be Saturn, that would be safe. Again, it's massive, it's huge. 
and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's ridiculous. It really is. So, uh, where am I? There, beetle geese. So that's the one bigger than beetle geese. That's then gets shrunk down to a tiny one. And there was another line along here where we found, which had on it the biggest star to date that has been found in our known so uh, universe. That's the word. Um, and it's called Canis Majoris. Now, anyone got any? Anyone good at Latin? The big dog. Yeah, that's what it means. The big dog. Okay, so that is so big. It's so huge. 9.3 billion, not Earth's, 9.3 billion of our sun can fit in Canis Majoris. I mean, can we even comprehend this sort of stuff? No. So I dare you to get your calculator out on your phone. I do 9.3 billion times the 1.3 million Earths that can fit in the sun. Anyone good with maths here? 9.3 billion times 1.3 million. I don't think your iPhone's going to do it, to be honest. But Do you want me to read it out to you before you get there? Well, the answer is the amount of Earths that can fit in Canis Majoris is this. Two quadrillion, 759 trillion, 460 billion Earths. I mean, that's just a number that I just can't even comprehend. And it's just one star. So if the Earth was represented by a football, it's enough footballs to fill the Grand Canyon three times with another 50 trillion footballs left over. <laughs> it's insane. It's insanely huge. And this is just in our Milky Way galaxy. I think we've got a picture of the Milky Way. There we are. There's us. We are conveniently in called the... Um, habitable zone of our galaxy, you know. Most of it's uninhabitable. You can see there that there's another couple of really big bright star, uh, big bright things on the picture. There are other galaxies. It's estimated that in our in our universe there's over 100 billion galaxies in our universe, each with 100 billion stars, each with however many planets and all the rest of it. And it's just insane. It's absolutely insane. So you're probably thinking, like, why is he rambling about this? Right? Why does this even matter? And what I want to try to get a little bit of comprehension is, is that God is so huge. God is amazing. The, the heavens are designed for the glory of God, and I think they do a pretty good job. But here's the other thing. It's just like we sometimes shrink God down into our thinking about him. And we tried to put him in our little box. And it's just like, God is, he's not boxable. Okay? He's too big and too holy and too worthy of it. And it's just, um, we can't measure God. We can't measure God. Who would want to worship a God that you could measure? Quite frankly, he's unmeasurable. So we go back to Genesis and then we see over the next days, there's a whole process of everything else getting created. Um, and then we start seeing the, the arrival of the plants, vegetation, trees, and then the animal kingdom. 
So that's coming. We've got a few pictures, I think, of the most majestic of animals that we have on the planet at the minute. I don't know why you'd die with a great white shark, by the way. Is that right? I mean, stunning, stunning scenery. The most majestic animal is coming up shortly, by the way. Not the blue whale. Wait for it. Not, not even penguins, not even penguins. They're, they're awesome, but they're not quite. No, it's not a giraffe, not a giraffe. No, 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 we're getting there, we're getting there. There we go, yay. <laughs> the second pinnacle of creation, the West Highland Terrier, okay. So, anyway, so um, so if you add up the number of animals, plant, and bacteria, because they count as well, of the number of species on this planet, current science predicts that there is 8.7 million different species on this planet currently. The animal kingdom make up about 1.5 to 2 million of that. Now, when I go to a zoo, right? I walk around and I see maybe 20, 30, 40 animals. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good snapshot of the animal kingdom. So 1.5 million to 2 million. And here's the other crazy thing about this, that statistic. Science predicts 86% of the species on this planet have yet to be discovered. So where are they? Apparently, there's lots of spare space around on this planet. So, God has created the heavens and the earth. He's created the sun and the moon. He's put the stars in place. He's created all the plants, the animals. But now he's going to add the very pinnacle of all of creation, which is you and I, human beings. I don't, mind, I don't know about you, but that, even that just blows my mind, that when you consider the heavens and the earth and all the animals and everything else. It's just like, actually, you know, we're the pinnacle of all of that. And at the end of every day, God says, he saw what he had created and it was good. It's only at the end when he's added humans and it's all finished that he says it moves to very good. See? So let's have a little quick look at the human body, shall we? There's so many incredible facts. My wife, Jill, has been doing a, a master's about the brain. She's much more clever than I am. Um, and some of the information you get about that, it, it, it's just mind-blowing. How on earth anyone can think this is all accidental is beyond me. So what's the most technologi technologically advanced thing on planet Earth? Anyone want to guess? Microsoft, Apple? Your eye the most technologically advancing on planet Earth. Here we go, we've got a standard textbook picture of an eye. I'm sure you've all studied it at school in some form or another. Right, where's the cool kids? There they are. Um, <laughs> what's, the best, what's the best phone on the market at the minute? iPhone X, what's the uh, megapixels on the camera? 12, 14, around there somewhere? If your eye was a digital camera, it would be 576 megapixels. That's how amazing it is. You could do a whole thing about the eye. I'm not going to. I'm just going to skim through quickly. So in every cell of your body, you have this thing called dioxyribonucleic acid, which we like to shorten to DNA. If you took 
the DNA in one cell of your body and stretched it out, it would be six foot long. Yeah. You have 75 trillion cells in your body. That means there's enough DNA in your body to go to the moon and back 178,000 times. Just in one person. The Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I just say amen to that. It's just like beyond comprehension. But here's the thing. God says it's good. In modern day society, God isn't really, oh God, sorry, no, good isn't really the pinnacle of our language anymore. So you can say something's good, but it's not great. You know, you can watch a movie. Yeah, it was good, but it wasn't great. You can support a football team like Dan does. They're good, but they're not great. Uh, sorry, mate. I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything to your comment that after watching Glastonbury last night that Morrissey's a better frontman than Brandon Flowers and then I thought I'd need to bring something in there to insult for them. Um, but here's the thing. You know, Star Wars is great, but it's not Star Trek. Yeah. Oh, big one, big one. Yeah. But here's the thing. Hebrew words, ancient Hebrew words normally have more than one translation. And the word that's used for good can also be translated as beautiful. So, God created the heavens and the earth, and we've seen a little snapshot of it, and he thought it was beautiful. God's created the animals and the plants in this kingdom, on this planet, and he thinks that they're beautiful. And it's only when he adds human beings into it does it become very beautiful. God sees you as the most beautiful thing he's ever created. And maybe you need to hear that today, because maybe society is telling you something completely different, but that's a lie. God is saying, you're fearfully and wonderfully made and the very pinnacle of my creation. But here's the challenge that comes with that. If we have also been created for the glory of God, then surely our lives should be reflective of that glory. So how you think, how you speak, not just the language you actually use, but how you speak of other people should be reflective of that glory. How you act, not just your lifestyle, but how we treat the poor, how we treat the marginalized should all be reflective of the glory of God. Is Nick here? Nick? No, he's not, I don't think. You all know Nick? He comes to church. Do you know what he does in his spare time? He drives a car down to Pill, the most deprived area of Newport and hands out coffee, and just tries to share the love of God with the homeless and the drug addicts. And I just want to say that. He's not here, but I just want to publicly honor that, and just say that, you know, God sees that. God honors that. It's Carl here. Carl, there he is. Yeah, give us a wave. Carl runs a gypsy church. And I think most of the church would be uncomfortable with trying to break into the gypsy world. You know, I've worked in pubs and nightclubs for 20 years normally. I've had some run-ins with travelers. And I'm like, no. Uh, I just think, again, God's going to really honor what you're doing and reaching into an area of society that most people just don't want to go. So, so God's going to bless that. Okay. Uh, who's on keys? Do you want to come up? 
So here's the thing. Jesus has created everything. And he's done it for the glory of himself. And then he's off, and he says he's going to sustain everything through him. But here's the other thing. Jesus is also Lord of creation. You, you read the Bible and you see stories of Jesus as healing the sick and performing miracles that you know should just blow us away. There's one, but there's a couple where I want to focus in on. One is found in Luke. I didn't write the yeah the thing down. But I've got a slide for it. The story of um, the fisherman. So, one day Jesus said to his disciples, "Let's cross the other but the other side of the lake." So they got into a boat and started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. I love settling down for a nap. I'm just going to say that. Um, the boat was filling with water, and they were in real danger. And the, and the disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. Jesus woke up. He rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and suddenly the storm stopped, and all was calm. Then he asked them, Where is your faith? And the disciples were terrified and amazed, and like, Who is this man? When he gives a command, even the wind and the waves obey him. Jesus is Lord of creation. It just amazes me that you know the disciples who were with him every day saw all the stuff that he was doing, and yet they still had fear. And Jesus like gets woken from his nap, and like he probably wasn't very happy about it. Yeah. And he's just like, and he just gets up and he just rebukes the wind and the waves. And I think that maybe. You've got some wind and waves in your life right now. And Jesus is just, he's there. And you might think he's not there. You might think he's taking a nap. But I promise you, he's there. And he, he will calm the wind and the waves in your life. Yeah. Another story I didn't get a slide for, but it's a very famous one. We know how it goes. Again, the disciples are in a boat. And they're crossing the Sea of Galilee and a, and a storm's brewed up. And then they see Jesus coming, walking on the waves. And they're like, it's a ghost. Because they couldn't believe that this would be Jesus. And then Jesus says, no, it's me. And he challenges Peter to come out of the boat or walk on the water with him. And Peter does it. And I think sometimes we can read stories in the Bible and be a bit like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. But I promise you, walking on water, it, 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 just go and try it somewhere. Let me know how it goes, all right? So, yeah. And Peter gets out of the boat and he steps, actually, and starts walking on the water. But then he gets distracted by the noise and the, the wind and the waves. And he starts to sink and Jesus picks him back up. You know, we normally talk about that verse in the, in the form of stepping out of your comfort zone. I mean, that is a pretty big step out of a comfort zone to try and walk on water in a storm. I'm not knocking that. But I, I kind of think that we've already taking that leap of trust in Jesus if, we, if we're already a Christian or if we already believe in him, we've already taken a step but then the problem comes when life comes the wind and the waves comes and we take our eyes off Jesus and onto the circumstances and then we can start to sink as well I think maybe today you might be here and you might need to fix your eyes back on the Lord of all creation because Jesus isn't, 
he's not challenging Peter in the sense that he wants to humiliate him. What he's saying to him is, you can trust me. But more than that, he's saying, I created you. I love you more than any of the rest of my creation. And I will sustain you. You can walk on the water because I will give you the ability to walk on the water. So just trust me. And we can, we can walk through this storm together. So maybe you're here today and you need to fix your eyes back on Jesus. If that's you, we would love to pray for you. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you don't know about this God that created this incredible universe and everything in it just for his glory, and then you're the very pinnacle of that creation. Maybe you've been told by society that you're useless or you're ugly or you're stupid or you've had those sort of words spoken over your life. Well, I want to tell you right now that that's a lie. God says you are the most beautiful part of his entire creation. And maybe you want to get to know him today. If that's you, we'd love to pray for you as well. I hope this has been inspiring. Just a little snapshot of the of the world and the universe that we live in. And just a little bit of giving God glory. I hope you just realize just how special you are. Hey, thanks again for checking out Faith Church Online. We'd love it if you could subscribe to be notified when we release a new podcast. You can find out more of what's happening by going to at Faith Church Wales on social media or by heading to faithchurch.wales.